This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close here with Jeff Mosher and the Phillies are undefeated in the month of June. Woohoo! <laughs> right, that's, that's 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 the story here, right, Jeff? That's right. Nothing like a one and June. <laughs> Time to launch forward and forget about the uh, last few weeks of May. Jeff, we're a few days late because of Memorial Day, but we didn't mm. miss much. Or do we have more to talk about? <laughs> well, we do. We have a lot to get to. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Let's just three... say my tone has changed from the last time we did a podcast <sighs> where I felt like some of the things that were going wrong could be corrected a little quicker and that they were going to probably turn a corner. They turned the corner all right. They just went the wrong way. Yes, the Phillies are in an absolute free fall minus one win against the San Francisco Giants, which was encouraging, I suppose. But <laughs> the numbers don't lie, Jeff. The Phillies, essentially, if you look at the standings, whether it's wild card or division, the Phillies just look absolutely buried. Phillies now 12 and a half games back in the National League East, which Crazy. is quite the thing to make up if you're going to to try to win the division. It's almost like you can rule the Phillies out of the division already. Well, right? if it wasn't the Mets, the, the thing is that it's the Mets. So, you can, you know, if it were the Braves, I'd be like, oh, man. But, you know, there's something about the Mets that makes you think that reality might hit them in the head at, at some point, but then they will get you know, Scherzer and, and DeGrom back. So you never know. They will get Scherzer and DeGrom back, right? So <laughs> we thought that that was going to be the opportunity for the Phillies I to know. maybe make up some of this ground and sort of hang around. But instead, the Phillies <laughs> do the opposite. Just look absolutely terrible in this last, what, what nine games, nine games since we, we last, uh, we last had a podcast. And really, even the wild card, Jeff. <laughs> At least there's like nine wild cards now, but you know, it's, <laughs> you're starting to worry that the Phillies are even out of this wild card hunt at this point. I mean, if you look at, if you look at where they're sitting right now in the National League, the Phillies are 22 and 29, six games behind the, the third wild card, right? Yeah. Which has them behind the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Colorado Rockies, the Arizona Diamondbacks, three oh teams that we kind of all wrote off. And by the way, the Braves are, are two games ahead of the Phillies too. But we're more than a quarter of the way into the season. Is this is this going to be decided like really soon? It may, Frank. Um, I have a hard time even thinking about you know games behind and and playoff because there are are several issues facing the team right now. Some of them, I would say, are, are long term, unavoidable, inescapable issues that we'll talk about, and some are 
some are correctable, but you have to, they have to start correcting them in time, um, to, to really start to get competitive. I, you never rule a team out this early, honestly, unless they just have a team is devoid of talent. Um, the, the Phillies aren't devoid of talent, but they do have some really major issues that we got to discuss that, that could, could spiral this team even further downward. But I, I don't know how, how you feel. I'm always of the, this is part of the reporter in me, right? I, I never try to judge a team when it's at its worst point, nor at its greatest point, which is sort of why I'm saying I don't know if the Mets are really this good of a team either, but they're on fire right now. They're, they're playing well. That, that's great for them. We'll see what happens. The Phillies have a lot of issues, some we've talked about already, but I don't believe they're as bad as we've seen them over the last nine games since we did our last podcast, three and six. Not even the record, just how badly they're playing. But there are some things that they don't do well, and I wonder if they'll be able to do them well going for, at all. Like, how much can they correct it or overcome it, whether it's defense, whether it's now overcoming Gene Segura being out for a long time, uh, whether it's it's some of the management decisions and some of the bullpen decisions. Uh, or, well, let's, or talk, even, let's talk about some of those things. First sure. and foremost, defense. And here's the here's the big thing for me. Bryce Harper's locked in at DH. Yes. When Bryce Harper is at DH, your field is just – this is atrocious. game after game. The, the Phillies are losing due to defense. And, I, you know, I almost think the Phillies need to do something harsh, like trade one of these players that can't play defense right now. I, they need to subtract at least one, in my yes. opinion. I think that they need to find the right team to match up with, trade Reese Hoskins. I agree. Get something in return. I'm not saying dump Reese Hoskins for the sake of dumping him. You don't do that, but it's time. You got to remove one of these players. Trade Reese Hoskins. Get something in return. You know he's still reasonably priced for a lot of teams at 7.7 million dollars. Put Kyle Schwarber at first, mm-hmm. and also find somebody that can actually play the outfield. I, I 100% totally agree with you. It would be nice if Reese Hoskins would get on one of his um, annual midsummer tears to make his market that much better. But we, we've talked about this last year, off season, the, the, the makeup of the team and what's going to hurt them. The Bryce Harper injury, which isn't going away and could only be getting worse, really, has, has just put a, a total curveball into everything they wanted to do defensively. You have to, you, no spot for Real Muto to get out of catcher. Schwarber has to play the outfield. Castellanos has to play the outfield. And it's, I agree. See, it's not the, the, the short-term issue is Alec Baum having a bad day throwing the ball into the stands, you know, even though he's been better since early. Uh, the short-term fix is the ball goes under Odubo Herrera's glove and into center field and the run scores all the way from first. But that stuff sucks, and it will happen to the Phillies from time to time. But that, to me, isn't as toxic or as responsible for their losing ways as, say, the outfield overall play of the outfield when you have guys – who can't play the gaps, guys running into each other. You had Roman Quinn running to Castellanos. You had Schwarber and uh, who was in center field? Was it Quinn running into each Probably other? Quinn on again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you have that. You have who, who's no longer Philly, arm getting, by the way. Right, I know. And now he's been DFA'd. You have Castellanos getting tested twice with his throws home, which are not good. Uh, those are the kind of things that just can't get better they're, because they're these guys don't have the instincts. They don't have the talent. They don't have the acumen to play really good defense in the corner outfielder. So that's what's going to happen all year long, which is why I think that you've got to make a move. If you're really in it this year and you're really still trying to compete, even if you're not Frank, I think the going forward, you're going to have to 
do something with Reese Hoskins, who's part of the, the problem of just not being a great defensive team. And he's probably your most tradable commodity. And let's be honest, if it's, if all things were equal and he, Castellanos and Schwarber all came up together and they were all beloved Phillies, you know, it might be different, but right now the situation is he's the guy approaching free agency. Yep. The other guys are locked in long term. They're not exactly tradable right after you sign them. So right. I think that the circumstances dictate you need to do something. And that's the only real option I see in terms of trying to solve this defense even just a little bit. Right. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, that's, you know, until we, until you see, I know the big storyline here is fire Joe Girardi. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to fire Joe Girardi. Okay. Uh, there's really some, some of the things we'll talk about. You can tell he's pressing and I think he's overmanaging in many categories. But he's not a stupid baseball guy, in my opinion. I I think he's a smart baseball guy who's feeling the pressure and he's making some bad managerial decisions because he's under under the gun and pressure. But the bottom line is Joe Girardi does not blow himself, right? He doesn't go out there and blow the save two nights in a row. He doesn't go out there and let the glove go under his hand. He doesn't go out there and, you know, not communicate with his teammates out there. And you could say, well, he's responsible for that. For that's, that's fine, but these things, I mean, we've, we've already seen from Gabe Kapler to Girardi to maybe Pete McCannon before, like there are issues with how this team is built structurally and what they're getting from their, both their free agents and just from very little from the farm that's going to impact whoever's the next manager as well. So let's, let's talk- ain't going to make this team 15 games over 500. It's just, you just not. So let's talk about Girardi for a second. You know, I, I was always one who, who, does not believe that he is ultimately responsible for all this. That's not saying that he hasn't made mistakes because every manager is going to make mistakes night to night. I mean, yes. it really drove me crazy watching Roman Quinn batting in key situations and extra innings. I mean, I don't know. I, if, if that had worked out. No. Perfect you know, example of overmanaging. Right? It might have looked different, but, right. but, you know, I, I get, I get needing to get Castellanos out of the outfield and, but you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Is your cleanup hitter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost at the point though, where firing Girardi becomes something that's possible just because that's the only thing you could do to really just sort of change everything up. You know, I, the players, you can't make trades that are even like the one I just proposed. It's going to take a while. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not something you could do right now. Teams are not making trades just yet. It's very rare that you see a trade June 1st, June 2nd because right. teams set their, it feels like they just set their rosters for the year and they need to see their own players do what they expected them to do. Now soon, as you get closer to the end of July, there'll be a team that, that wants to have a first baseman and then maybe you can talk about making a trade for Hoskins. But mm-hmm. right now, the only thing that you can do to shake things up really is to, to go after the manager. And, and I, and I, I, I think it's one of these unfortunate things, but he might almost have to do it. He might. I, again, though, I just, and I'm not, I'm not like trying to be a defense attorney for Joe Girardi here. I just don't know that for who are you going to replace him with? Are you going to go out and just promote Dusty Watson to the job or are you going to try to get help. Bruce? Yeah. Are you going to try to get Bruce Bochy in here? It's got to be somebody outside with clout. I don't know who, who of them are. I mean, is he going to bring Leland? in John Farrell that he fired in Boston or like, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. Like someone, a complete stranger is going to walk. Is that person going to have? as good of a resume as Joe Girardi had? Is he going to manage differently than Joe Girardi because he's not under pressure? He's an interim manager. That might help. That might help. Look, it was inexcusable in my opinion. I'm, again, I think he he's pushing 
buttons that he wouldn't normally push because he's panicked, right? He brings Corey Kniebel into a game where you don't need a closer, mm. right? Just because a few runs came across and now it's you're getting a little tight, right? You can't be tight. Joe Girardi has always been tense. He was tense in New York, but he wound up winning and he's tense here. He And maybe he creates an atmosphere and a locker room of tension. I don't know that, but I know that that was his demeanor when he was with the Yankees. And so maybe a looser guy doesn't get, you know, rattled if a couple of runs come home and doesn't go to his closer and then doesn't go into a key series against a division opponent without the ability to use a couple of his arms that he would need. You have to plan for that. And I'm surprised that Joe, who handled his bullpen so well in New York, is is not doing that here. But again, I think he's managing differently because he's got a different team and he's feeling the heat and they didn't pick up his contract. You know, they didn't give him a year extension. So he, to me, is way over managing right now. And I think that that might be causing tension throughout the, the locker room. Jeff, he does not have Mariano Rivera. <laughs> no, that's not. New York. So, of course, he's <laughs> got to manage the bullpen significantly differently. You know, Corey and then did, is, didn't he have um, – who's – he had the lefty-righty. He had Andrew Miller and um, – Oh, yeah, he had Andrew and, Miller uh, and that uh, – And then Brian Mariano, Miller. right? That, yeah. Wasn't out there. Yeah, yeah. He had a great – listen, he had great personnel, no doubt about it. a lot to work with. But uh, but yeah, but that that's that's probably the key for me is is what where is this tension going? You know, one thing speaking of the clubhouse, you're starting to see like Nick Castellanos, Kyle Gibson, guys that have won elsewhere, and kind of kind of start to express they don't like what they see in this clubhouse, yeah. like, like terms of attitude and and stuff like that. So. You know, I, I feel like one of the problems is they're not the guys that have been here for years. They're not the real Mutos. They're not the, the Hoskins. They're not the Nolas. Like, it's really not their place yet to sure. speak up. You know what sort I mean? Sort of like Carlos Santana destroying a couple of TVs in the uh, <laughs> yeah. locker room in his one and only year as being as a Philly. Bring him back. Can he, can he can put him at third base, right? That'll solve the defense, right? No, but, uh, but, but, but really I'm seeing like, it feels to me, at least just, just what I'm observing that, you gotta mix up this team. Like maybe maybe the ones you have just aren't winners. I, I, you know that's a tough thing to say because you just signed GT Real Muto for to a five year contract. Well, maybe he's not the answer. You know your top top position player prospect right now is a catcher. I mean maybe you start thinking long term about moving on from JT Real Muto. Mm-hmm. I mean are these guys just not winners? Do you need to you need to bring in the new guard officially? You know think back to that Phillies team that really won at the late two thousands. A lot of people said that trading Bobby Abreu kind of turned the page from the old era to the new era. Do we need to turn the page from this Phillies core to the next era? You know, I I, I sort of think they do, Frank, but I, I don't know that I buy into you have to turn the page because you have guys who are not winners. You know, uh, I think you have to turn the page because you have a product that doesn't work with symmetry. You have you have square pegs and round holes, and that to me is the bigger issue. Now, maybe you have some guys that aren't – like Bobby Abreu is so introverted. You know, I, you could be, he was an easy target to say this guy's just not a winner. He doesn't want to get near that wall. But I don't look at JT Real Muto and his playing style and say that guy doesn't want to win. You know, I think he, he's out there every single day. Um, he's struggling with the bat, but I don't read his body language and say this guy is, is, a, is a, not a born leader. And I'm um, trying to think of some of the other – same thing with Reese Hoskins, who who is – you know, a very, very streaky player, but not one he, – he is accountable. He does talk, and he's not somebody who passes the buck or points a finger. So I don't I don't know if this team is a DNA issue as far as a born losers or anything, but I do – you know, Castellanos was known 
as like a fiery, intense guy. So I'm sure he would like to see a little more of that from around the clubhouse, you know, so I can understand why he's saying that. But I really think that any moves that need to be made are to make the team fit better. Uh, but I, you, you make a good point. Like Jimmy Rollins was the guy who came out and said, we're the team to beat. And that set a tone, right, going forward for that Phillies team that would win the World Series. Um, and I don't know yet if there's that guy, that homegrown guy, because Reese is not going to come out and say that. And Aaron Noah certainly is not a guy who's going to come out and say that. I do wonder if they are missing the homegrown guy who's going to put it all on the table. But to your point, Frank, I think everybody's a little timid right now, and that goes back to Joe Girardi. Like, Mickey Moniak comes up, and he's ready to carry out that spring that he had. And, of course, he's behind because he's missed a lot of baseball. And, you know, we were talking about this. He gets up in the big spot, and then, bam, you're not only are you pinch hitting for him, you're bringing in Odubel freaking Herrera. Like, when you have a healthy lineup, Odubel Herrera is either not in it or he's your eighth or ninth hitter. And now he's pinch hitting? Yeah, I did not <laughs> I did not like that move. Uh, I thought you brought him up because and said, hey, he's going to play. Yeah. And just because he's got a bad first six at bats, then, oh, well, we need to win, so we're going to go to our uh, 227. Hit. What, what, I don't know, what's Herrera hit these days? I don't even know. He's, he's, he's so he up always and down. hits, you know, like a good week, bad week, two yeah. weeks. Good week, bad two weeks, you know? Yeah, just, so I mean, there was no reason. It was a panic button, like, oh my god, I have to, I have to get somebody else in here right now because Moniac struck out what three times in his, in he his struck uh, out five when, times and six at bats or something, right? I, which I, is I, terrible, but you know he needs time. He, yeah, he's not here. <laughs> I mean, I, I just wonder what that what that would do to his psyche. You know what I mean? Like that that he's he's finally up. He's finally getting his chance. But oh wait, no, you don't. Right. Right. So again, how do you think? How, what does that do for his confidence? What does that do for the, everybody on the team? who now makes a mistake or goes 0 for 3, 0 for 0 for 4. They're looking over their shoulder. And, again, I think that just stems from Joe feeling – do you blame management for not giving Joe at least one year of an extension to make it seem like he was safe? I mean, you can eat that year easily if you fire him this year. It's not a whole lot of money in the long grand scheme of things. It almost felt like they were sending him a message. The, the ownership, by like, you better make the playoffs this year or you're out. And by doing that, now you've – gotten a George Rardy who's managing with his you know rectum like like that so I mean that, that's you're getting what you asked for so Moniac doesn't play in the win but but yes 0 for 6 now here's the here's the thing when he was up last year and the year before he kind of did a lot of what we saw the first two games which is basically just strike out <laughs> how do you how do you it almost feels like same thing with 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 Bryson Stott right He's like mm-hmm. so afraid to to let the young kids play right now because he needs he needs to win so desperately. Yeah. And so what you ended up seeing is Bryson Stott's not playing even with Didi out. Right. And so Camargo's getting those starts. And then uh, I will say this that you know Nick Maton gets put right in the lineup uh, yeah, as like he comes up and again. <laughs> after 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 he had a really hot stretch at AAA. He's, he kind of started out slow, but but it's been really hot at AAA. But course two for four with a home run in his first uh, first game is he going to be afraid to play Maton too like or is it when Didi comes back is it just going to be uh, Didi and Camargo all the time like is, is he is he not going to play these young guys which would be ridiculous I mean you know what you're getting most of the time when you have a Camargo when you have a Maton when you have a Roman Quinn out there you're going to get each one of them has a strength right that you're going to see every once in a while but over the long haul we saw this last year with Ronald Torres over the long haul, when they had to play every day, 
the fact that they're not a true starter, major league starter, is going to shine through. So I don't know what Joe's waiting for by stifling the at-bats for the young kids who have more talent and trying to ride the spare parts and try to get these little bits of strength every night. That, that That's not a formula for winning. By the way, the throw home Camargo made the other night um, off balance to get the guy at home plate mm. was one of the – if you watch that in slow-mo, I mean, he's going to the ground and he kind of heaves the ball – and throws a dart to Real Mutu, tags the runner out. That was a great play. But again, Camargo's been nice, but you know that at the end of the day, when the year's over, Camargo's going to be what he's supposed to be, which is not a starting player in the major leagues. And I will say, though, it's nice to have, <laughs> watching their win last night, Camargo at third, Stott at short, Maton at second. It was nice to have that infield defense for an evening. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you may not get you know five hits, but that it was a nice. You did that night, but it yeah you, on most hey, nights. Hey, what what won them not. last night? Pitching defense, isn't that the old adage? Like this, none of this smash the bell nonsense, right? They they. Sure, sure. I mean, you can you can point to the Schwarber home run and say that was big, and it was. But I think you're you're making a, a great point. Like they lost a game where Bryce Harper hit a three run home run, a monstrous three run home run. In the ninth inning, you can't lose that game, right? But they did because hey, the Castellanos home runs. Those were those were similar games, right? Yes, you can't lose games when you get those those late inning big home runs that you need. You can't lose those, and they have because they're longer term issue, they're bullpen issue. Like, how is it Sir Anthony Dominguez throws literally one pitch in a game? And that is considered then back-to-back when he has to go out the, the next night, too. I mean, he threw one pitch. Your bullpen is spiraling downward. You can't bring him into a game because a few nights ago he threw one pitch? Are you kidding me? Han Knebel Dominguez all been very good. But the problem is the other days. Now, <laughs> now by the way, I'm finally glad. Well, Knebel that... hasn't been great. I mean, his ERA is over five, but. Uh, Knable? Uh, he's three, is, that, is that what you said? Three, Hand, three, Knable, and Dominguez? Yeah, yeah. The three of them have been pretty good. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Knable gave up those couple of home runs. That's, that's, hey, if you're, if you're not coming in with one run leads, that's not a problem. You just go after the hitters and sometimes that happens. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's true. But, but, uh, but I will say I, I was actually happy to see Christopher Ch- Sanchez back. The idea that we needed to, to, to <laughs> stuff him at AAA just in case we need a starter. Like, mm. you gotta win these games in front of you, like with the best, Relief that you have, and right, um, and, and that, of course that's saying something that Christopher Sanchez is going to help you. They put him into a big situation last night. He ends up coming through with a clean inning. So, uh, but but there 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 are only two lefties on this roster. <laughs> um, at least at least at least uh, Alvarado is gone. Um, you know, just God, what night to night, not knowing what you're going to get from him. Uh, but I I was actually shocked. I totally missed that he still had a minor league option available. Yeah, I was surprised too. I was surprised too. I was looking, I was looking at his stuff. His trips to the, the, uh, minor leagues, a couple of them were like rehab stints. So it looked like he was, you know, back and forth, but he was really just making a uh, rehab after an injury. So that's, 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 that's why they had options remaining. So. Right. Is this going to be like the, the Hector Neris, what, 2018, uh, thing where Hector had to go down to, uh, the minors for a little bit, came back up and then he was like Cy Young. Hey, the I, think they could, I think they'll take that. Yeah. Listen, they'll take, they'll take Anthony Young. <laughs> 
Wow, well, that's maybe a not. For the Didn't Anthony Young lose like twenty three straight games? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was that was that was something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but but while we're talking about the bullpen, uh, interesting article yesterday by Alex Coffey of the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, Mark Appel might actually get his shot soon. Uh, after all these years, uh, after sitting a couple of years out, just returned for the love of the game. Really interesting article. I recommend you check it out. But he mm-hmm. talks about his uh, his humility and finding himself and. And he just returned to play baseball, not to make the majors because he loved it. And he's got a shot now. Um, one thing that I, that I will say is, you know, with, uh, yesterday, they probably wouldn't have brought him up because he had pitched the night before, but, uh, the right. Phillies have a 40 man roster spot now. So, um, the Phillies can add somebody. So from their, from their AAA roster, and maybe it's time to, uh, to give him a shot right now, four and oh, two eleven ERA, 13 games, kind of as a back end reliever. He's not, he's got a couple saves. Mm. Um, but what Mark about the Appel, other kid, the the prospect? Um, uh, oh, Morales. Morales. Yeah, yeah, Morales has been really, really good too. I, you know, I've seen actually a lot of people on Twitter, uh, kind of calling for Francisco Morales to come back. But uh, you know, when the Phillies called him up initially, it was uh, from Double A because he was uh, they were well, they were desperate, and he was on the forty man. That was right. that was during the COVID uh, period, right, where where Eflin and Wheeler both yep. were on the COVID list, and they they yep. had to bring up bodies, but. Minor leagues this year, 14 games, two and one, zero seven nine ERA, one save, 35 strikeouts. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty good, Jeff. I think so. I, I, listen, I probably would be a little bit, but he's a little, he's obviously younger, right? Um, yeah. I, I would probably want to lean toward him, but Appel's been a really good story. And if he's ready, might as well give him a shot. Hey, how about both? Don't you want your best? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know why I'm small thinking like that. They should probably. Probably bring up both. But yeah, he's, uh, he's 23. He looks like born in 1999. That looks, that looks weird to read. <laughs> right. I know. Crazy, right? Actually, I'm sorry. He turns 23 in October. So he's 22. So, right. uh, he will, uh, but, but yeah, if he's unhittable in the minor leagues, I mean, what the heck? I mean, we, you know, he was always a nice prospect. And in the last couple of years, it almost seemed like he regressed. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some really, well, 2020, he didn't play, unfortunately, because of the, um, the, the COVID shut down for the minors, but right. last year, an ERA of, of 7.46, <laughs> you, but you knew he had some talent. So sure. Sure. Finally, yeah, like, it was finally just, getting uh, it together. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but even in 2019, ERA of 438, 2018, 591, <laughs> but <laughs> he's really coming to his own. Uh, I think, uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong stats. Of course. I'm sorry. 628 last year. Uh, five two seven Yeah, but either way, I, I remember they were inflated a few times, but uh, but definitely a talent uh, was certainly uh, sort of came down on their top prospect list, and uh, but he's somebody who could help the Phillies in the short term. So, I mean, if the Phillies, if the Phillies, I mean, I, I cringe every time I see uh, James Norwood and Andrew Bellotti come in. Mm, Andrew uh, Bellotti has been coming in in these late game critical situations and getting crushed. And who, who's surprised by that? I mean, Andrew Bellotti is not ready for this, that role. It's not yeah. supposed to be Andrew Bellotti in that role. Had an okay 2015 with the Rays. And then yeah. uh, his last major league appearances before this year, three games with the Bray, excuse me, with the Marlins last year, uh, gave up runs. I think uh, gave up what? Five earned runs and three and a third last year right. with the Marlins. So, so yeah, Bellotti is, uh, yeah, he throws fast, but he just throws fast, you know? So, yeah. um, and Norwood, I did, didn't totally understand. Uh, still don't understand. He was claimed on waivers from the Padres. 
Eight one six ERA at the moment uh, for the Phillies. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm trying to pay. You also have to wonder about these guys, their pitch selections, their mentality on the mound, knowing what's behind them. Mm. You know, from a defensive standpoint, I'm sure that's impacted them. I feel like Kniebel's pitch selection and the way he's been going toward hitters is, has at times been a little passive, maybe worried that they're going to put the ball in play. So he's not himself. Mm. Um, it's rough. I mean, the, the amazing thing about this year is that Zach Eflin, a ground ball pitcher, has actually pitched well this year and has looked good. In fact, when we talked about trading Reese Hoskins, the next guy that comes to my mind, unfortunately, would be Zach Eflin because you probably can get something worthy. If, if the Phillies are out of it and a contender is looking for an extra arm, Eflin could probably get you something if he continues this to, to pitch the way he has. Interesting thing about Eflin, they they agreed to a 2022 salary. Like the arbitration is way behind because of the, the lockout, so they're finally finally settling a lot of these arbitration cases now. They normally get done in like December, right? But but as part of that, they they came up with a 15 million dollar mutual option for next year for Eflin. Mm. So that means that there there is a path to keep him around another year. Now this is you know you might say well that's a lot of money for Eflin, but you know what? What, 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 what did they pay Hellickson a couple years ago? Oh, like geez. 18 million with the, the qualifying, they gave him the qualifying offer. Yeah, they right? gave him the qualifying yeah. offer and so of course he took it. But, uh, yeah. um, the 15 million for, for steady pitcher next year, you might want to hang on to that, especially when Kyle Gibson is also uh, a free agent otherwise. So yeah, you're not going to be able to fill two holes in this rotation from within. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But I mean, I also think that if, if you have the opportunity to unload him for some prospects, I mean, we've talked about the need to rebuild the farm system and if you're not going to be competitive and he's out there getting attention, he's never going to be your top, one of your top three guys. If he is, you're, you're not going to be a very good team. Uh, So if there's the opportunity you take it, I think. And Gibson, of course, uh, somebody they could trade has a nice pedigree uh, background. So, but But then again, you got to worry about next year. Like they, you know, it, it, talk about there's never enough pitching. You, you just remember Ruben Amaro when he was making all those deals in like 2014, mm-hmm. uh, 2013. It was uh, the Jimmy Rollins trade that got Zach Eflin into town. It's, a, it's a, I know. Um, and you know Crazy. he just played, but but I will say he, that's when he traded for Pavetta. That's when he traded for for Deakman Ben Lively. And, uh, like Lively, he was trying to yep. get he was trying to trying to get some of them to work out. But, uh, you know, if you, if you bring a bunch of them in, maybe they work out. Now, of course, the Phillies have their, their two pitching prospects and, uh, Mick Abel and Andrew Painter, both of whom look really good, but they're still a couple of years away. So, yeah. uh, you got to wonder what they're going to do next year if they trade some of these guys. I mean, maybe, maybe you can extend to Gibson. It could be worthwhile. You know, the five they have, they can win with. It's, it's just, they have, of course, other issues. So, so two issues that we should talk about. All right. One, Harper, because I'm a little concerned that it went from the elbow, you know, he had the UCL injury in his elbow to then PRP, which, you know, you're doing that. It means you're, you're, it's bothering you and you need to figure out a way to, uh, to make it feel better. And then the injections, it just seems like this is not going to get any better. We know that they said he can't play in in the outfield which is screwing up everything from a strategical standpoint on defense. He's hitting, which is great, but the further they get away from this thing and you know that the surgery is going to have to happen, you know, it'll probably stretch into next year a little bit. I mean, I, I, I think you have to consider maybe shutting him down at some point. If 
you're out of it and or even if you're in it for the last wild card but you know you're not going anywhere you know yeah at some point they have to make that decision i mean if if harper they've worked around the surgeries in the past i mean max muncie they worked around it but he's not doing too great this year right uh but you know if you want to bite the bullet and and just just do it i mean you still might not have harper till like may next year i think that's what's scaring everybody right but uh Hey. Um, but it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, you know what? There could be value. And I hate to say it like this. You know, he didn't play last night. They, they seem to be okay. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't know if they're clogging, gonna be better off. If he's, because, I don't know if, yeah, exactly. Out, but, but if he's <laughs> not clogging the DH spot, then maybe, maybe you'll look a little better. Yeah, no, I can understand that. If you, let's say, let, I don't think they're gonna do it until the trade deadline, right? Let's say you're able to, you're, you're not in a good spot. You're trading Hoskins, you're trading, um, Eflin if you can. Then, and you bring in an outfielder in that trade or something, somebody who can play some defense there. You're right. Like then I would, I could see them shutting down Harper at that point and then just trying to go with what, I mean, they're still going to have Schwarber. You're still going to have Castellanos. You know, you're still going to have, you know, like you'll, you'll probably be getting Segura back. Um, although he's out like for a while, August, Jeez. August, I mean, at one point you'll get Segura back, but like, you're not completely, you got JT, you hope he snaps out of it. Even if you were to trade Hoskins, it's like you have some and shut down Harper, uh, Harper, you still have bats. I mean, especially if you get somebody back in a trade. So I don't know. It's a tricky, it's something tricky that Dave Dombrowski is going to have to figure out, but it might be better for the team and for Harper's career overall to shut him down by the, by the, uh, the trade deadline. Yeah, that, but, that, that, but I will say that that's, that's what, like two months away for at this point, just under two months away, but yeah, a lot could happen. Yeah. What, what's going to have to happen? Well, that's why now you want not... time to happen, right? You don't want, you, you want to see if the Phillies can work their way out of this thing and make it work first. Yeah. But I, you know what? I, you know, every time I think they're, they're going a certain direction, they always do the opposite, right? So. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, well, the schedule's the hardest right now. It's, it's, it's easier later. I mean, I, I don't know how many games they're going to make up, uh, in these yeah. next few weeks. They get Mike Trout, the Angels next. Um, the, you know, Anthony Rendon always kills the Phillies, right? So, I mean, it's, uh. Yeah, it doesn't uh, even matter because we know that when the Phillies are struggling, you know, in past years, they've lost to the Marlins a lot. They lost to the Orioles. So this, to me, the schedule doesn't matter if you're not constructed to play good, solid, fundamental baseball, you could lose to the Diamondbacks. You know, you can lose to the Nationals. You can lose to the Rangers. They've already lost the Rangers, right? So actually, Rendon just put on the IL. So oh, well, really, how miss, long? They're gonna miss Anthony Rendon. So or they won't that? miss Anthony Rendon, but he's <laughs> he used to always have their number. Uh, but but Mike Trout will be in town. Uh, that's that's uh that's that's kind of neat. They just, yeah. Finally, it feels like uh, what the pandemic year he was supposed to come to town and that didn't didn't happen right uh so when they redid the schedule but uh that's kind of nice uh so uh the angels you know i i will say this about the angels this, they're like my analogy for the phillies like the team that they have mike trout so they feel like they have to try to win right and then every year they just spend a lot of money and go nowhere so right this year they're pretty good though right they've gotten a better record this year yeah four games over the 500 mark they are five and a half games behind that the astros but right. I mean, the astros are the astros but it yeah. also helps that their division isn't much uh you know they they have texas rangers and the oakland athletics in their division and right by the way the seattle mariners who we thought would be better are 21 29 yet. so yeah they're really think, not hitting yeah maybe that's a team the phillies can make a trade with uh, you know 
Dylan Jerry Depoto. <laughs> um, you know, the, he always likes to make trades to shake things up. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe that's a team that's that's that that needs a shake up too. But but anyway, my point is the the Angels might have been beneficiaries of a weak AL West to this point. So sure. Uh, but anyway, they're they're coming into town, and the Phillies go out to Milwaukee. Um, Phillies did okay against Milwaukee last time, right? So uh, you know they could they could see you know when we when we talked last, I said you know they got to kind of hang in around the 500 mark and 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 get somewhere. Now there's seven games under the 500 mark at this point, but I don't know. I feel like if you're at the 500 mark, trade deadline ish, the wild card is available to you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you look at the the the, the long term way things can go. I mean, could could the Phillies conceivably sort of inch their way up by the trade deadline to the I mean if they're they're two games over five hundred mark, well they're kinda in it then, right? I mean that's like listen, like can the your your the question is can they though? I mean that that's the big part. Are they constructed in a way that they can get the outs they need, they can hit the ball, they can pitch well. I think Ranger Suarez has to pick up his his locations a little bit off. And that's hurting him because he need, he's the type of pitcher that needs to be ahead in the count, be able to throw the, uh, the change up, the cutter. Um, so, and he's not been ahead. He's thrown a lot of pitches in a short amount of innings. So he's a big, he's another big factor in, in a guy. That's one of those issues that I was saying that's correctable. That's short term that you can see that turning around faster than some of their other issues, but he certainly has to pitch better. So what's next? When I talk to you next week, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, well, let's see. We got three against the Angels, right? And then are we going to do one on Monday again for the day off? Because then that would really just highlight the Angels series. Yeah. Well, we can maybe maybe we check back uh, after the Brewers next week. We could do that. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how they do Angels Brewers, and then see if see if anything's changed. Yeah, two off days between now and then. So yeah, it make, doesn't make sense <laughs> early right. in the week. Right. Um, but yeah, let's shoot for next, next Thursday. Is that good for you? Sounds good. All right. So for Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Go Phillies. Let's go.